You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, this Thursdays, I always, or Tuesdays, God damn it, I don't even know what day it is. You're already nailing it, Pete. I'm already nailing it. It's Thanksgiving break, it's just around the corner, so I'm already tuned in for to vacation time. Uh, welcome to RB1 colon a fantasy football podcast brought to you by faketeams.com. Uh, I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by just Clark Barnes and special guest, uh, Jordan Smith, uh, writer for Fake Teams as well as Acme Packing Company. How are you guys? Looking good, cute, feeling good. cute, Pete. Excellent. Um, well, just for those who listened uh, to the opening, because as you should, because you hit play and it just played. Uh, I Drew, feel like if you managed to not listen to the opening. It's impressive. Please, please let us know what we're doing wrong with opening. Uh, I threw in a little, we started the show with a little tribute uh, to ACDC since Malcolm Young, the rhythm guitarist and founder, the brother of Angus Young, uh, passed away at 64 this weekend. So Force him out, RIP. Uh, he was suffering with dementia for a while. And, and you know, thoughts to Angus, uh, thoughts to, the, to his family. And uh, and I played my favorite freaking guitar lick, opening to Highway to Hell. Such a good riff. So here's to you, Malcolm. I'm sipping on some Blood Orange uh, Brew Free or Die IPA in your honor. I feel uh, bad that I'm drinking a Hams, but you I, should feel I bad mean for it. That. I mean it like in the nicest way. All right. Well, you should feel bad for your hands. You're supposed to BYOB. (laughs) Hey, water is the respectable. That's that's the that's the good the good drink to drink. Someone needs to be responsible, and I appreciate you volunteering to do that. Exactly. Someone's (laughs) got to be hydrated and keep us in line. Uh, so of course we will be recapping week eleven on the pod. We'll be doing our uh, "You Helped No One" awards. We've got the uh, candidates for that. We'll be giving out the awards, uh, and then we'll just you know who knows what other kind of merriment will be there. I know. Clark has maybe a few rants up his sleeves, which is always enjoyable. Maybe uh, I had a few sauces while I was doing pregame, so oh, yeah, a extra it's perfect. Uh, it's perfect. Um, so let's start with you. Help no one for this week. Uh, our nominees are the following: We had Dak Prescott, who threw for 145 yards and three interceptions. Uh, Donta Foreman, who had 10 attempts for 65 yards and two touchdowns. Pour one out, by the Pour way. Pour one out, I know, I know. That's, it's this, this season, uh, Chris Thompson went down too. This season just needs to stop, stop injuring people. The fantasy gods, we've, we've suffered enough, please. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, who I believe just sounds like one of those rookies that Madden just like makes up for you when you're like five years deep into a franchise. Uh, but he's a real player and had three receptions for 54 yards and two touchdowns uh, for the Cardinals. Zach Ertz, with two receptions for eight yards, uh, did not help my fantasy team. And finally, Kenny Stills with seven receptions for 180 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Jordan, as the guest of the show, uh, give us your award winner uh, for the player who helped no one this week. 
Well, I think I have to go with Dak Prescott because that was just super disappointing. You're in a position where you have to step up when Zeke Elliott is not there. Um, and you throw three interceptions and pretty certain in uh, standard PPR, he got negative points. So that right. is not something that, I mean, I have written down too that he didn't have Tyron Smith, which was obviously a big deal um, on that side of the football, but I, I don't know, Dak, I think you got to step up a little bit better than that. 100%. Yeah, I'm with you. In my fairly standard scoring league where I was playing against Dak Prescott, he got negative 4.1 points. So he helped me this so week. He did help someone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand how anyone would pick anyone other than Dak. I mean, he's literally starting it. Anyone who has him, you really Clark, really Clark's raising his hand. Like he's like, who, who, who helped the least number of people more so than Dak? Well, Dak helped me. So he helped me. Uh, he helped 8.25% of it. owners out there because somebody was playing against Dak. I mean, going into this game, oh, high-flying Eagles offense, the boys are going to bring it. It's going to be a smoking Sunday night action lineup. So he helped a lot of people who are like, I need Dak Prescott to get less than 10 somehow. I'm totally sunk and I'm and going to He's so obliged. And he helped. Uh, so uh, I went with uh, Ricky Seals Francois. The Madden player? Francois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh i this is one of those like i use this joke a lot because it's funny i'm gonna do it again like i doubt both of his parents had him on his fantasy squad and you know they couldn't decide on a last name so they probably couldn't decide on a tight end to start this week so he helped no one no one started playing gabbard and got those trash touchdowns so i think he helps no one this week this is one of my favorite things each week so faketeams.com every week head out there and vote for your favorite you helped no one Dante uh, Foreman, your boy is leading. Your boy is leading the polls there uh, on faketeams.com, which I guess makes sense. But I, I mean, it, it's either Dak Prescott or the batted player, right? It's just I feel like a lot of people voted for Dante Foreman because they were staring at him on their bench, and they keep thinking, "Should I?" And so they're just. Yeah. That it also might be a case of him not being able to help out anybody going forward because I believe he. He just got hurt. Yeah, he, he tore his up season. And then done. Yeah. That's a good point too. That is a Rough. good point. That uh, that he literally can now help no one for the rest of the season. It's it's a brutal time to be alive. Uh, I have Dak from my notes. I already agree with Jordan when he brought it up. So that's a uh, two for Dak and one for the Madden created player. Um, if you ever want to come on to the podcast, Madden Created Player, we'll, we'll, you promise we'll remember your name. And we'd love to have you on. And you can tell us all about your two-touchdown performance and how it helped literally no one. Yeah, and we, we always have an open seat ready for Bechamel Johnson. Bechamel, well. Bechamel is a reoccurring podcast member. He just can't speak because he's a fictitious human being. But he is here all the time in spirit and uh, loves to be able to contribute. So let's uh let's tackle the week eleven action. We'll start with a little Thursday night football because I know everyone really really was excited about what happened. Uh, we'll start. I mean, I, I'll cover this right now. We'll start with we do winners and losers for each game. Winner for the game, obviously, Antonio Brown. I mean, come on, you don't argue against that. He had Absolutely. the stats, duh, obviously. Ten catches, hundred forty four uh, yards, three touchdowns. Everyone else in Pittsburgh was average, uh, except for the best wide receiver in the league. So. Really no debating there if you're trying to pick a winner. Uh, on the loser side of the bracket, Marcus Mariota, man. I told the Titans and Mariota to show us something, and he 
showed us nothing. He had four picks. Lucky for him, he did not throw the most picks uh, this weekend. A little teaser there of what's to come. Um, and he just made he, – he did not look like the second year – right? Second year, third year? However many years he's been in the league. Three? Three? Third, third year quarterback that we thought he would be. You're drinking water. We're counting on you. <laughs> you you're right the here. stats man here. That's why we have the uh, the water around. Um, but he just made a few throws that lead led you know had you scratching your head. He had one to Corey Davis, which sense the ball was like, based literally was in front of Corey Davis, and he just like blind threw it to him because why not? And sense the ball picked it off, and I believe ran it back for a touchdown. And you could see all of this because uh, Thursday Night Football was filmed with the Madden camera, which I was a big fan of. So sweet. So great. Yeah. I saw someone say, like, this is trying to get video gamers into the league. It's like, no, no, this is like training wheels for coaching film. It's so nice to be able to see what the running back is looking at and what the line is doing without having to watch silent coaching tape from 50 yards away. I loved it. Yeah, no. And it, I mean, for that for that pick, you saw Cody Sensball just like basically sit down in front of Corey Davis and you're like, Mariota, I could make that read. Yeah, what should be the best debate in football right now is which uh, pair of QB classmates is the best, and it should be Mariota and Winston versus Goff and Wentz. But it is not a contest, and it's kind of sad. It makes me sad. It is sad. I'm hoping, and Clark and I have talked about this on the podcast previously. We both are like very much hoping that everyone in Tennessee gets fired and they have a uh, Sean McVay revolution down in Tennessee. Not specifically Sean McVay. Josh McDaniels is really who's going to lead the revolution in Tennessee. Um, but we want to. We're all aboard the Get Mariota, an actual offensive, uh, offensive-minded head coach. I mean, is Steve Spurrier still alive? Can we get him to go to Tennessee? It's in the South. He likes the South, right? Yeah, I think so. Why not? All right, so let's move on to uh, the Bucks at the Dolphins. Clark, talk to us about that game and tell us why there was really anything that we should care about from it. This game, I really like to pick out horrible games to review for the podcast, and boy, this was one of them. Staying so, on brand! So many penalties in this game. 17 by Miami and 11 by Tampa Bay, based on a website I've never gone to for stats, but I'm <laughs> sure they're right. I'm sure they're right. This was extremely sloppy. So the score, Buccaneers 30, Dolphins 20, it seems like it was a really interesting game, but it wasn't. Uh, both of these teams are really bad. We see Jay Cutler leave after the first half with a concussion, and we see Matt Moore come in. A little bit of hope. Can we see something else other than Jay Cutler? Turns out Matt Moore, also not very good. Uh the only winner here is maybe Jarvis Landry because you're really excited about where is he going to play next year? Cause I doubt he's going to get tagged and you want to see him go to a place with a competent quarterback. And I want to see what he can do because I don't think he's just a six yard route player. I think that's all that Miami can sustain right now. Uh, uh, winner Jay Ajayi for getting the hell out of there. <laughs> big W for Ajayi. Big uh, the losers here are the Cutler enthusiasts. And the, the owners of anybody person. else on the Dolphins not named Jarvis Landry. It, don't I don't want to talk about Kenny Stills going off for like 40 fantasy points. That doesn't help my rant, so we're not going to talk about that right that now. That didn't happen. Um, so I, I was hoping Cutler would be at least good enough to get Devontae Parker some stats and sustain uh, Jarvis Landry, but he's not. Uh, and then, like I said just a second ago, Matt Moore is not any better. So Dolphins fans... I'm sorry, guys. You're terrible. I don't know what's happening. You have a lot of talent. I, I don't get it. You have good players. You just make a lot of knuckleheaded plays, and, and no one is very good. 
Doug Martin owners are also a loser here. I mean, so many plays called back by penalties for everyone, but especially for Martin, he busts off a nice 25 yard run. And then you're like, Oh, there you go. And it's like, no, no, no. Minus 10 holding. It's coming back just over and over and over all game. Uh, huge whiff on Martin this year. I thought this was his bounce back year and he was going to do well. He's not. Uh, Fitzpatrick does enough to keep the Bucks pass catchers interesting. And I think he does enough to keep the Bucks competitive, but oh, this was a rough one. This was a rough game. So I'm embarrassed because in one league, I actually started Jay Cutler and it was almost as bad as starting Nathan Peterman. I needed a streaming option to replace Cam Newton. I was hoping for some garbage time stuff, but he didn't even get to garbage time. So that's that's my embarrassing story for Just the week about my fantasy. Oh, I love it. Hey, George, the motto of this podcast is 52% right. And that you as long as you got 52% right in your starting lineup, you're fine. And to peel <laughs> the curtain back, that's being generous. And that's being <laughs> very generous. Um, all right, let's bounce to then next game on the list. Lions at the Bears, an NFC North showdown, which I know Jordan, as our now reestablished residence Packers fan, uh, we miss you, John. Uh, you can uh, discuss at length about the current situation in the NFC North. Yeah, I might cry when we get to the Packers game. <laughs> but, um, Ooh, something to look forward real to. Real tears. Good thing we got the camera going. Lions and Bears. Um, for my winner in that game, I actually picked Marvin Jones. Um, he only had four catches, uh, 85 yards, though he got out of that in a touchdown. And that marks uh, four of the last five games for 18-plus points for Marvin Jones. Um, so he's actually turning into a legit wide receiver one, borderline wide receiver two. So if you have him uh, right now, he's helping you out in the final stretch to the playoffs. Uh, because of that, though, I have Golden Tate as the loser. Uh, he only had three catches for 32 yards. Uh, just seems like Matt Stafford's wanting to air it out to a deep threat a little bit more rather than Golden Tate's underneath routes. Yeah. Um, on the Bears side, uh, Jordan Howard had a solid game, and I wanted to take note of Tariq Cohen because he might actually be back in the offense after uh, having a little uh, mini exodus. I don't know if he was in the dog pound or if they just – John Fox, maybe. I don't know. John Fox making John Fox decisions. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he still had his most rushing attempts since week six, and he managed to find the end zone too. It is amazing. And I was watching that highlight of of Tariq Cohen when he got into the end zone. It's amazing when you just forget that Tariq Cohen is just like a pint-sized human being. And then he like is celebrating with the offensive linemen. You're like, he literally is as tall as these linemen's waists. I mean, these linemen right. are all like six three and up, and he's what five, th- four six, five six. Whose kid is that? And how do you get on the football field? <laughs> <laughs> he has a full gear, a full Bears gear, and he just stumbles onto the field. How did that happen? Yeah, I got lucky this week and sat Amir Abdullah in favor for Deion Lewis in a PPR league with some wacky scoring. So ended up sitting the thirteen point seven five for my twenty two and a half from your boy. Yeah, Deion Lewis over we'll there, Pete. Later. Uh, I love the call on Marvin Jones as the winner and Golden Tate on the loser. In that, I think that Detroit can only support one of these guys each game. Mm-hmm. And so you're in that position of having to choose which one it's going to be. And good luck. I like both of these receivers as just as football players, but you're in that real catch 22 of you don't know which one is going to do well in what game. And Marvin Jones is 
had, like you mentioned, a lot of really good games in a row. So it'll be interesting to see how that breaks out as we move into the old fantasy playoffs here. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, and Jordan touched on this, is just that Marvin Jones is the catches Jones is making tends to all be shots downfield. So even if he finishes the game with like two catches or three catches, he's more than likely than not to get you plus 50 yards. Whereas golden Tate is a lot of kind of short throws and you're, and their lions are expecting him to be able to use his skill to get a good run after the catch. And so, you know, he could put up, you know, he's the Jarvis Landry kind of guy where, or, or, or at least how he's been utilized in the lions offense recently. And so like, you could either get a huge game out of golden Tate, yardage wise or you could get not but a high amount of usage so i do like moving forward as long as marvin jones is being used at this high level i do like marvin jones starting moving forward in the lions offense yeah and that's the thing about the lions offense to the nfl for whatever reason they really like jim bob cooter i think it's because of his name but the offense hasn't put up one you know atlanta falcons stats from last year um like you said amir abdullah was a good time to bench him Theo Riddick also didn't have a whole lot of fantasy points either so I'm a little out on the Lions offense other than perhaps Marvin Jones whenever he hits yep yep fun game though yeah fun game yeah let's uh stay in the NFC North and pl- and go to an excellent game uh the Los Angeles I was just St. Louis was on the tip of my tongue tip of my tongue and I wanted to say it so badly Los Angeles Rams taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota uh winner for this game Latavius Murray and Adam Thielen Vikings ran the ball really well and they've been running the ball really well even after uh Dalvin Cook went down with an injury it's amazing that they got rid of the best running back of the last generation the rookie running back who was leading the league in yardage went down with a torn ACL and they've still have been able to establish one of the better uh, run it, rushing attacks in this league. So that's, you know, well done. Latar- Latavius Murray's coming on hot recently, uh, 95 yards and two touchdowns. Again, like the Lions wide receiver group, uh, who knows if it's going to be Murray or Jarek McKinnon. I thought it was going to be a Jarek McKinnon week this week. But again, like we said, 52%. It's all that matters. Uh, Adam Thielen is 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 the real deal i keep expecting him to just kind of like fall back to earth and i feel like like especially early in the season i feel like everyone was kind of like ah adam thielen but he's not he is 100 legit that's not happening he had six receptions 123 uh and a touchdown he is clearly case keenum's favorite target and he honestly i mean pretty clearly has more fantasy upside than stefan diggs right now in this vikings offense I keep trying to pivot from Thielen to Diggs, knowing that they're both just really good. And inevitably, Diggs is going to give me that sweet play in DFS for, you know, five, six hundred less. And Thielen just keeps making a fool out of me. So really cool to see that happen because the league needs more superstars. And Thielen is really coming out as one of those superstars. Yeah. Yeah, and he's doing it for his home team, which is excellent. There's just so much to love about it. The fact that Adam Thielen, who went to Minnesota is on the Vikings and the Vikings very well could be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl in Minnesota. There's so much to like, except for, uh, except if you're, you know, a, a Packers fan. Uh, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to praise the Vikings that much, but I will say I have four words for you guys. Case Keenum revenge game. He came. Oh, right yeah. <laughs> it was a big deal. Oh man. I wish I had recognized that earlier and hyped it up more. Yeah. Case Keenum, we're getting revenge against the Los Angeles Rams. He's earning himself a contract this year. He really is. He has yet to do a a classic Case Keenum game. 
he has been willing to throw the ball downfield everywhere that he's gone, and something has always gotten in the way, where it'd be interceptions or Jeff Fisher. And we're starting to see him function in an offense with good weapons around him. Now, I don't think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league, but he's on one of these hot streaks that that's all that matters for your fantasy playoffs. So Right. You ride that hot streak till it dies. And then also, um, as a Jarek McKinnon owner, for those of you watching at home, this is my Jarek McKinnon face for those Latavius Murray touchdowns. I'm frowning. Quick loser of this game, yours truly. I told someone on Twitter to start Michael Crabtree instead of Adam Thielen. Rut row. Uh, <laughs> freaking fantasy football. Always there to bite you in the ass. Uh, if you actually want to lose her, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley did not have a great game, which... I said last podcast, I told you he was going to let you down in the playoffs. So uh, 52%. Good work, Pete. Nailed it. Let's move on to the Jaguars at the Browns, which Clark famously said once in a game that someone has to win, the Jaguars tend to uh, pull them off. And guess what? He was right. Yeah, this was another game that just, uh, I I hope the podcast appreciates the effort that I go through to cover all these. It's a true sacrifice that you make for, for everyone here. I was like, my favorite team is the Texans. I'll cover the AFC South, which means I get to watch all the, well, anyway, it's a family show. We'll just leave it at that. So we got Jaguars, 19 Brown sevens here. Um, I've always had a soft spot for either, either in my head or in my heart for TJ Yeldon. And I just can't wait for him to get, to another team to see if he's going to be good. Cause he had a couple of nice plays this game. And I think he's so clearly the best backup for Leonard Fournette, who is the real story here. So when the Jaguars can control the game and run and do play action off of Fournette, they're going to dominate bad teams. And they dominated the Browns this week by doing that. Duke Johnson looked good. If you want to look for something good from the Browns, he looked good, but they don't get him the ball. Uh, so Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackman does seem to have a, a just Hugh Jackman, a, a, Hugh Jackman? favorite actor slash coach, <laughs> uh, slash coach. He's a fantastic both. Uh, he does seem to be morally against getting Duke Johnson, the ball just cost. I mean, he's by far and away the best offensive threat on the Browns offense. And you feel like you should just be utilizing him. He should be the Chris Thompson to even more. So, I mean, you should really be like the David Johnson to, to the Browns offense. Yeah, why not feature the scat back with your rushing rookie quarterback? I I mean, I, maybe you're shooting for the number one pick and everybody thought the Jets were the team that were going to... I don't even know. The, the Jets are tanking and tanking. Yeah. So, I mean, the only... The losers here are the Browns, man. They are terrible. <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. Perfect. I wouldn't start anybody on the Browns week in and week out, not, especially not against this Jaguars defense. Nope. No, this Jaguars defense is L-E-G-I-T. Uh, let's move on and let's let Jordan get the tear ducks nice and warmed up and discuss the Packers at the Ravens. Take it away. First we'll put, of all, we'll put my some TV music. is officially broken because I threw my iPad through it after that third pick. <laughs> um, no, but the, the winner, it, it has to be the Baltimore defense. Um, because you know, despite what the final score was, the Ravens offense still wasn't really doing all that much. You still have Joe Flacco, who I don't even know if he scored any points, but you shouldn't start him anyway. Um, they The Baltimore defense had three picks and two fumble recoveries at the expense of backup Brett Hundley. Uh, the Packers continue to struggle. 
um, with Aaron Rodgers sitting out. Uh, but that Baltimore D has four shutouts on the year, um, and they're second in points defensively. So they're a, a big winner and could have picked a bigger time to get all those turnovers from a backup QB, um, especially when I had to watch the entire game. Um <laughs> Loser is Jordy Nelson. He's kind of going the inverse of Marvin Jones over in Detroit right now. Um, ever since Aaron Rodgers has sat, he's gone four straight games with single-digit points. Uh, yesterday, he had two catches for 24 yards. Mm. And, I mean, Devontae Adams is probably the best receiver to play there right now. Um, but Brett Hundley is con- continually making this offense just – not, it's not the same. It's definitely not the same, and they continue to play the same offense week in and week out. Uh, let's take the moment here because we got some heckling on on our uh, IM communication channel uh, from from John off of the uh, whatever episode it was where we talked about how I fixed the Packers. Uh, John did not agree with my with my stance on how to, to shape this team. But since we have you in the house, Jordan. What do you think? Does Mike McCarthy keep his job or should Mike McCarthy be keeping his job after this year? Mike McCarthy needs to learn how to retool his offense around his players and the talent that he has. He's still trying to essentially run the same offense that he always wants to run with Brent Hundley. Um, Brent Hundley. I said Brent. Um, and it's, it's not no, the no, same. It doesn't matter. He's never going to play after this year anyway. Exactly. He was all, he was a big trade chip around draft day. Um, I wish they would have made a deal, but you know, Mike McCarthy believed in him so much because he's a little bit arrogant with the way he's, um, you know, built this team and this offense. Uh, it still kind of peeves me that he continues to use Randall Cobb in a wildcat setting, which I don't know. It, it frustrates me. If it were up to me, I don't know. I think it would be, it would be refreshing to, you know, start over, maybe pick somebody that Aaron Rodgers has a good feel for. Um, just start building the offense around somebody new. If the Texans can rework their offense from Tom Savage to Deshaun Watson, I think you can do a little bit of the same thing with Brett Hundley. That's a win. I take that a win in my book. All right. So the only thing I want to call out here is that you're wrong about the winner. The winner is me because Danny Woodhead is back. Danny Woodhead is in the league. Leave the freaking <laughs> receiving, even though he's missed ten games. Here it comes, everybody. I've told you all year that Danny Woodhead is going to be the man. Next week, eleven receptions, eighty-eight yards, and a touchdown, and four rushing yards on six attempts. You quote it. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Do not start anyone in your lineup except for Danny Woodhead. He will get you enough points to win next week. And if you don't agree with that, at NFL Clark, have at it. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, to a game in which there were no winners. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Giants. Now, I literally have no one as a winner because I'm sorry. In a professional game of football with professional players who are paid millions of dollars to play the game of football, no game should ever go into overtime tied at 9-9. That is just preposterous. Uh, the Chiefs are falling off a cliff and just have suffered the Giants curse. Now, what might the Giants curse be, you ask? Remember who the Giants got their la- only win against? The Denver Broncos. Uh, the Denver Broncos have yet to win a game since losing to the Giants. So 
get ready for the Chiefs to just implode and explode. Uh, quickly, though, and this is my first, Clark, pay attention. This is my first rant of the of the episode. Get ready. Uh, let me have a little rant about Andy Reid calling uh, trick plays in which his players throw for touchdowns that all end up into being intercepted. First of all, doesn't work. Second of all, it's not tricky. It's stupid. Uh, stop doing it. Andy Reid called this. It was a tie game at 6-6 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Andy Reid busts out this dumbass play where it's like throw a back screen to Travis Kelsey, who I guess was a high school quarterback. So there, there's a new plot line to all like carry around in our back pockets and for commentators. Travis Kelsey, meanwhile, can't get a block, just kind of like wanders around <laughs> in the backfield looking for something, chucks it 50 yards downfield. And uh, guess what? It gets intercepted. Shocker. Uh, I think Andy Reid was just looking for someone who was willing to throw the ball downfield. <laughs> Burn, Alex Smith. Take that to the grave with you. Um, this game was just awful. There's no nothing. I thought for sure that Alex Smith was going to be a huge, a huge, uh, a huge player this week. I even in my DFS picks, I said he was my start of the week, and I said he was going to get you at least twenty points. So, gotta eat that one. Um, you were not we, alone, my friend. You I, were I not mean, alone. The, Giants, the Giants defense made freaking CJ beat hard look amazing. And Alex Smith comes in and looks like a, a freaking, you know, whatever you want to think that's bad. Search for non-offensive remark. <laughs> None found shit. Uh, the only winner in this was Roger Lewis, and that was only because he had this, like, phenomenal catch in, on the sideline in overtime. Other than that, no one cares about this game. Move on. As Clark likes to say, you burn the tape, you move on. Man, remember when we did a podcast, like, week four, and we were like, who would you not trade for Kareem Hunt? Yeah. Ah, Kareem Hunt. Could have sold high on that one. <laughs> you could have sold real high on that one. Right, yeah. I, hmm. No, I'm... Ah. I like that point before about having your um, your skill position players throw passes for trick plays. Travis Kelsey, obviously, that didn't turn out very well. A couple of weeks ago, Tyreek Hill threw a pick in the end zone because he, these guys just don't have the wherewithal to throw the ball away when they have nobody open. Right. They're, they're just trying to make a play, and they – yeah. I have both of them on two different fantasy teams, so I'm frustrated. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense, especially the Tyree Kill one, because they were literally in their end zone. It's just like, actually put the ball in the hand of the guy who gets paid to throw it. All right, let's move on uh, and talk about Clark's Texans uh, and uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so this was Andre Johnson commemoration day Aww. down in Houston, and I feel like it was a very fitting day. So you, we got to see how many, how many tears you cried watching, watching Andre Johnson come out and they talk about him. I watched red zone. So uh, I did not see a lot of this game. And uh, tonight when I watched it, I was about three hams in and nice. it was comical. So yeah. uh, we saw two bad teams ravaged by injuries, strolling out backup quarterbacks into this game. And that's what it looked like. Uh, as a Texans fan, it was entertaining to me because they won and they were kind of dominating all game. But this was not a great game. Uh, the winners here are the fans of both teams looking forward to next year. Both of these teams have a lot of good skill position players. I don't think these are teams that need to blow it up. The Cardinals are in a bit shakier of a position because you're hoping 
for Carson Palmer to come back, or you're hoping for Blaine Gabbert to take another step forward, which he has from his Cardinals or from his Jaguars days. He has taken a significant step forward to competent. Maybe he can take another one. Maybe the Cardinals can draft highly because they're on that path so far this year. Uh, lots of good skill players. We got to see DeAndre Hopkins go against Patrick Peterson. They were jawing at each other all day. Uh, both of them very upset that the other one were holding and pushing off and pulling each other down all game. So it's always fun to watch two kids fight in the back seat and say the other one started it. Uh, the losers here are both the same thing. It's the fans of both of these teams. Uh, they're done. They're, this, they're, there is no hope. There's no like, let's go eight and eight and get into the playoffs. These teams are just, they're done this year. Uh, Dante Foreman goes down with Achilles injury. He's out for the year. Uh, I really enjoyed what he was doing this year as a rookie. He didn't look phenomenal. He didn't look like the best player ever, but as a, you know, not first round pick rookie, he looked like he was going to give you something for a couple of years. Uh, And then, yeah, I have a big segment scratched out here because I didn't know that you had Ricky Seals Jones as a, you helped no one. <laughs> oh, and one, one last point. So keep an eye on Steven Anderson. So Steven Anderson, second year tight end out of Cal. And in Cal, he was really just a monstrous giant wide receiver that they called the tight end. And he's starting to make some plays. He did okay as a rookie. And now he's really becoming that kind of field stretching. I don't know how to block, but I'm much taller than anyone in your secondary tight end. So I don't think he's going to be great. But I think in three or four years, he might be that guy that comes out of nowhere and becomes one of those really serviceable tight ends, a la Delaney Walker or something like that. So that's what I took from this game. Sweet. Uh, let's move on to a game that was entertaining for everyone who watched. Uh, the team from Washington in New Orleans taking on the Saints. Uh, an excellent game that went right down to the very, very slimmest of wires. Uh, Jordan, what can we take away from this match? Uh, well, the big takeaway for me and from the Saints all year is that they've been winning games in their non-traditional way. Usually they need Drew Brees to throw up like 3,000 yards in a single game just to win. Um, but they're winning it on the ground. I couldn't even pick a winner here. Um, so I have a two-way tie between Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Um, Kamara had about 25 points, Ingram with 24 um, Ingram, 100 yards and a touchdown in four straight games as well. Um, so you don't really have to worry about one taking away too much from the other. They're both getting a good share of carries, and it's keeping Drew Brees fresh. He's able to march down at the end of the game um, and pull out a W for for New Orleans. Um, loser, this one was a little bit difficult because Kirk Cousins had a pretty decent game as well. Um, his receivers were catching um just about everything unless your name's terrell Pryor. um so i picked washington's defense uh because they allowed 34 points they kind of broke at the end of the game um and i I don't think washington's defense plays well unless they're in prime time yeah the biggest thing you said that that i've agreed that i agree with and has been true all season which has been super unique to the saints is the fact that mark ingram and alvin kamara's fantasy success is not dependent on one or the other that they're both completely like <clears throat> week in and week out you can expect a big performance from both mark ingram and alvin kamara because kamara is 
you know, functions as both a runner, but also a pass catcher. And that's where he does a fair amount of his damage and, and a lot of outside runs. Cause they just do They're both, they're running backs who are tailored to different kinds of offenses. They run Ingram up the middle and then they send Kamara out on stretch plays out to the outside. Um, and it's, it's been working phenomenally. And so it's one of the rare situations. It, it reminds me last year of, uh, uh, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, how they both had fantasy relevance, uh, even despite the fact that you know there were two very good running backs on the same team and sharing an offensive backfield. Yeah, yeah and I'm mean, with. Oh, go ahead, Jordan. Well, I was going to say they have the offensive line to do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot better than it has been in years past, and their defense has been up to league average, maybe above league average, which is allowing them to not get behind, not have to rely on Drew Brees airing it out game in and game out. So. Um, that's something that's been helpful to just having these guys uh, see the residual effects of that. Yeah, Camaro owners were sweating it out towards the end of the game. Talking about both players having relevance, you're absolutely right. But getting that late touchdown on a reception and then getting that late reception and two-point conversion, that was a nice extra 10 points in that PPR league when you were yeah. really sweating the Camaro performance. Uh, moving on to a game, the Buffalo Bills going uh, to L.A. to take on the Chargers. And you know what? We're going to kiss some music. We're going to do this because it's a Peter Rogers victory lap. the balloons. Oh, my God. The Bills, y'all stupid. Talked about this last week. Uh, I said that they were idiots for benching Tyrod Taylor. And what do you know? They benched Tyrod Taylor, who's thrown three interceptions this season. Uh, Nate Peterson, Peterman comes in and guess what? Throws five interceptions. Uh, and then is benched for Tyrod Taylor, who comes in and throws for 158 yards, a touchdown. Oh, and then rushes for a touchdown. So I will let you guess. Who Sean McDermott should have been playing and never have benched? Obviously, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I just I just don't even know what Buffalo... Sean McDermott, of course, is like trying to play all coachy right now. And he's like, well, uh, we will assess our quarterback position uh, throughout the week. Which is just coaching speak for like, God dang it, I really just f***ed this whole thing up, didn't I? Um, which he did. He completely did. So besides for me as a as a winner... Real winner for this game is uh, Keenan Allen. Welcome back to the land of the living. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> 12 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. It's nice to see that uh, he can still play the game of football. I know everyone cares about my fantasy teams, but I absolutely crushed it this weekend, and Keenan Allen was a big part of that. Uh, uh, loser for this game, other than Sean McDermott and Nate Peterman and the Bills, Kelvin Benjamin. He got injured on his first catch. Luckily, it doesn't seem to be a torn ACL. But more so than that, uh, how would it feel to be to, like we talked about JHI earlier in the show? Where like JHI left the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins have just been utter crap. I mean, they, they were crap before, but they are utter crap since then. And he's on the Eagles, who have yet to lose a game uh, since they lost one way back in whatever week two. How would it like to be Kelvin Benjamin and you get traded to the Bills, who have been riding high, doing really well? making their way to a, to a wild card berth from the Panthers who are kind of, you know, treading water, not doing so great. And then as soon as Kelvin Benjamin goes to the Bills, guess who starts sucking? The Bills. And guess who starts doing really great? The Panthers. Uh, tough time. Tough time to be Kelvin Benjamin. 
This just adds to my argument that the Buffalo Bills are the most tortured fan base in the NFL. Sorry, Minnesota. I know you haven't won anything. Uh, Cleveland, I know you're perpetually sad, but <laughs> Buffalo has gotten so close over the years. Um, they go to four Super Bowls in a row in the early 90s and lose all of them. Uh, shout out to my boy, Dan, who's a, a Bills fan. I'm, I'm feeling for you today, buddy. Plus, it's freezing cold in Buffalo. It is freezing cold in Buffalo. I know what that's like being from Green Bay. So it, it, it's got to make it tough if your team is losing. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. Uh, let's continue in the uh, a colder, cold tundra region. Eh, Denver's not that. Well, it's cold. It's not a tundra, though. I don't know. Uh, it's like Clark, 70 degrees today. Yeah, that's a, t- that's a tundra. Nailed <laughs> it. Uh, Clark, let's talk about the Bengals and the Broncos. Uh, and the fact that the Broncos seem to be on a little uh, slide here recently. The reason the Broncos have lost all hope and should just apply for the Canadian Football League is because they've been starting Brock Osweiler at quarterback. As a torture. Like Brock Osweiler? Oh, I, Question I, mark? I feel like he's a fine <laughs> person, probably. I don't sure about that. On my football team, he does have a like never stop dreaming or whatever. I don't know what the tattoo is on his arm. Oh you can look it up. It's classy. It anyway, so, tall shelves for you. Yeah, that's true. There you go. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what he should do. He should just become a professional, like a grocery helper who helps old ladies get things off the high top shelves. I like that. Get a good solid job at IKEA because he's not a good quarterback. Uh, and to outline this. For anyone that didn't watch the game. So early in the game, the Broncos get a blocked punt and they get the ball on like the 35 Osweiler. I'm using air quotes for you. Just listening to the show marches the Broncos down the field to like first and 10 from the 12 and long story short. He throws an interception in the end zone. The ball is returned a hundred yards. And because they are playing the Bengals, the corner Drops the ball. Oh my god! On the five, and they somehow don't get a touchdown on the interception. Now they eventually they score uh, because it's the Broncos. Tyler Croft gets you the one yard touchdown, and that's just about all he does because it's the Broncos. And you start your tight ends against the Broncos, so thanks yep. for paying that off, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, but but Osweiler just looked just awful this whole game. He is going to sink their season, and it's just. Let's see Captain Morgan Paxton Lynch out there. Let's just <laughs> see what he can do. His little mustache. It's so cute. I'm glad that he's I feel like out that's, there. That's, a, that's a very untapped market that Captain Morgan needs to really take advantage of. I feel like if they, I mean, they still, they have the pirate and I'm sure whoever plays the pirate is, you know, pretty set on his, on his job security. But like, if they're ever looking for a new pirate or they want to spice it up and they want to like do a, a younger pirate, Paxton Lynch is clearly the guy you cast. Yeah, the old Captain Morgan's here in footsteps with the new Captain Morgan. Uh, so, but in all seriousness, so the one thing to look out for in this game is Devontae Booker got more carries and looked a little better than CJ Anderson today. He got 44 yards rushing on 14 carries, 54 yards on five catches, and both of those were more than CJ Anderson. Now they're both splitting carries. No one is clearly the lead back, but Booker looks better. So if we see Booker keep getting a bigger share of the carries, uh, he's going to start creeping into that fringe flex starter kind of area. Uh, now, as much as I dislike watching Brock Osweiler play football, we'll say to keep it polite, 
the Denver receivers didn't help him any. They had a lot of drop passes, and he's just not good enough to suffer everyone else around him not playing perfectly. Uh, so the Bengals, looking to lose this game at every point, <laughs> only managed to win 20-17. to 17. Uh, So, uh, also, Marvin Lewis, you jerk calls a timeout where McManus nails like a 61 yard field goal. And I have him on my team, obviously, and then he gets blocked next. So it's minus two points. But anyway, uh, everyone loves my fantasy team. I know, but yeah, just uh, what a horrible game. Don't watch this one guys. Just don't bother. I, I want to note, I believe that interception return that you were describing before Clark was the longest in NFL history without scoring a touchdown. It was like, like 101 <laughs> yards. Nothing could be more Cincinnati Bengals. Exactly. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals having that record. <laughs> exactly. That's fantastic. Oh man, that's a beautiful encapsulation of the team. Uh let us then tackle. Let's move down south of the border. Let's go to Mexico. Uh and the New England Patriots taking on the Oakland Raiders. I've got a few winners here. Hold on. All of the winners here. So as much as I hate the NFL, and I'm gonna go on a little rant here, Pete. So I don't mean to yes! I don't mean to cut you off here, but cut me so, off. Okay. How many freaking times do we have to hear? After reviewing the play, the the call on the field is, do we have to review every freaking play in every freaking game? And then there's, I'm, I'm trying not to curse, so excuse the freaking. Uh, <laughs> the argument is like, well, if you don't review the plays, then they won't get them right. They don't get half of the damn plays right when they review them. So this game that takes essentially 30 minutes of action to actually play has turned into a three-hour broadcast. You watch it on Game Pass, 25 minutes. This is becoming completely insufferable. If I don't get to watch the game on Red Zone, then I'm not interested in watching it. How many Chevy ads and (laughs) prescription drug ads am I supposed to watch to see 30 minutes of football being played. This is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody's trying to say it's Papa John's, the owners, the protests, it's all of this. It's no, you're moving slower than baseball. And that's why people are tuning out of the game because it's the most interesting sport in the world and you're making it awful. So please stop doing it. And I say all of that saying, I turned the volume on in this game because Tony Romo was calling the game and I just love him. I, I never it. knew that I loved Tony Romo. He's good. And Jim Nance, too. Tony yeah. Romo and Jim Nance. Man, you guys are good. So thank you, CBS or whoever you call the games yes. for. Thank you. Dang it. Back I had to you, Pete. <laughs> but then, you, then you started talking about Tony Romo, and I lost my point because I was like, yeah, Tony Romo did a great job. I've loved Tony Romo this season. Because he's so dreamy. I'm going to take credit he's for great. Tony Romo because he's from Wisconsin, and us Wisconsinites are just a joy. I know it. You're- Perfect. You're dreamy also. It must just be in the cheese. Yep. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Pure cheddar. <laughs> Pure cheddar. Uh, so my winners, we have Brandon Cooks, uh, who torched the Razor secondary for 149 yards and a touchdown. The fact that he and Brady are, like, syncing up mentally is, should just terrify everyone in the NFL because that's just a connection that's going to last for the next 15 years because, yes, Brady will play for the next 15 years. Deion Lewis... Clark, yeah, boy. Uh, he's taking over the Patriots starting back gig, I think, for good. Um, he's had at least 11 touches in the last five games. He had 10 carries this game for 60 yards, plus four catches for 28 and a touchdown. 
Um, I think Deion Lewis, if you're if you are looking to consistently be able to start a Patriots running back, I think it's getting to the point now where Deion Lewis is that guy. I don't. I think they want to use Burkhead. They like using Burkhead because he offers uh, flexibility out of the backfield, and they can line up at receiver. Blah 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 blah. James White, they're using primarily as just a receiver, and Mike Gillisley has been kind of MIA for the last five to six weeks. Um, I think Deion Lewis. Clark's been saying this all all year. Deion Lewis is the boy in uh, in New England. God, I felt so stupid week five, but I feel so vindicated here in week 11. So smart right now. Uh, the other winner, my final winner, Marshawn Lynch, because we finally saw just a teensy-weensy bit of beast mode uh, back in the NFL. He had his best game, 11 carries for 76, uh, 67 yards, including a 25-yard, which was a 25-yard run which was his longest of the season. So at least we now have that. At least he has gone for more than 10 yards in a single sitting. Um, my loser for this game, the Raiders just in general, I guess. I mean, you could do Amari Cooper, but he scored a touchdown. Um, and the Patriots defense has been playing pretty well against the pass in recent weeks. But the Raiders, I mean, I just put the Raiders here in general just because I feel like they have uh, drastically underplayed people's expectations. I know there have been plenty of teams that have done that this year, but I feel like after last year where everyone was like, oh, my God, the Raiders are up and coming and they make moves. They've got a healthy Derek Carr. Everyone was all going crazy about the receiving core and their offensive line. And then you get Marshawn Lynch, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and they've just really been uh, been lackluster and have been kind of struggling to kind of piece it all together. So I guess there's a loser there. Yeah, I just have two points about this game. Um, it makes you really, and this probably makes you pretty sad, Pete, what this offense would really look like if Julian Edelman were healthy. Because um, oh. Brandon Cooks is starting to click. Amendola had a pretty good game. Um, and that's not even without mentioning uh, Gronk. So um, that's the first point. The second point, um, I can't wait for Beast Mode to straight up go and fight the president. That is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am a hundred percent on board with this. That that's the only takeaway from the Raiders that I have. Yeah, that's a fair. That's the only thing that should be taken away from the Raiders. <laughs> I have it's, three points, and no, that's it. That's, that's it. Jordan that's wins. what you end that's, on. That's what you yeah. end on. Uh, <laughs> finally, let's actually end on. Uh, well, we'll still end on Jordan because Jordan, you're going to talk to us about the Sunday night football game that everyone and we sent out a poll on FakeTeams.com asking what game everyone thought was going to be the game of the weekend. Most people thought that it was going to be the Eagles versus the Cowboys, which had all of the makings of an NFC East battle to the death. Um, but it wasn't. Definitely not. Um, winner. Um, God, who, who to pick for a winner on the Eagles? They've all been doing pretty dang fantastic. But I'm going to have to go with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, kind of for the same reason I've been going wide receiver all day um, is because that – Alshon Jeffrey's been turning into a legitimate wide receiver one for you to play. Um, he had four catches and 67 yards um, and a touchdown to go along with that. It seems like the chemistry with Carson Wentz is working out pretty well. Um, and that's four touchdowns in three games, in the last three games for Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and he might be taken over as a primary target from Zach Ertz, who um, it, it sucks because tight end prospects are so hard to find and, Ertz only came away with two catches and eight yards. Um, loser. I mean, I killed my fantasy team. It was awful. Yeah. Loser. Uh, we touched on this at the beginning of the po podcast. Dak Prescott. Um, three picks. Forgot to mention his fumble, too. Um, oh. So four turnovers. No Zeke. No Tyron Smith. 
things aren't looking very good in Big D. Um, Philly and Carson, they continue to light teams up. Um, one thing that could be a shining light for Dallas and for fantasy owners is if you manage to handcuff Alfred Morris to Zeke Elliott because he did have 17 rushes for 91 yards. Um, would have looked like a pretty stacked uh, stat line if he had gotten into the end zone. That sounds like a beautiful summary of the, of the, of the uh, game. As a man oh. from Texas who hates the Cowboys, nothing brings me more joy than to watch them just spiral out of control and lose. So big in prime time. So go Dallas. Any final thoughts on the uh, week 11? I got one more. So this is more Thanksgiving themed than uh, week 11 themed. So as someone who's worked since they were 14 and had a whole bunch of crappy jobs, uh, don't be that person that does Black Friday at midnight. And if you are, look at all of those people that are helping you while you're completely forgetting the day before where we're supposed to give thanks and be grateful for all of the things we have. You've now rushed out to save $30 on a TV and that person that you're yelling at or watching trying to herd you and your fellow cattle into the right line so that you can save that $4 on that Christina Aguilera, the making of the Christina Aguilera DVD, that person doesn't get to spend time with their family because of you. So stop doing this Black Friday midnight thing. And P, you can cut that out if you want. But I got a little bone to pick with America, and that's my bone. So yeah. I totally agree with you. I've worked Black Friday before, and it's awful. It is just it, you see the worst in, in humankind working a Black Friday because everyone just doesn't respect anyone. Midnight at the Kitchen Collection, San Marcos, Texas, 2011. All of you were awful. Awful. You know, I don't think you get enough turkey if you're awake at midnight. So that's all I'm going to say. Super true. That's you know what? Again, if you if you are up and ready to go for Black Friday, you did Thanksgiving wrong. You didn't. Why are you not drinking and yelling at your family? That's what Thanksgiving (laughs) is about. It's like people don't know what the holiday really is here to celebrate. Come on, America. Come on, people. Uh, With that, let us celebrate the end of a very successful podcast. Make sure to subscribe to iTunes, uh, rate us, review, download, all of those good things. Make sure that we keep coming down into your iTunes so that we keep going into your ear holes. Uh, You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan. You're at Jordan underscore Smith 27, right? Yes. Boom. Follow him on the tweets. Uh, Follow us as a podcast at RB1 Podcast. Uh, Thank you, Twitter, for the long characters in our name so that now we can officially be the rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast so now you know really how to find us uh as always we will probably speak to you hopefully we'll try to get a episode out before thanksgiving if not happy thanksgiving to everyone hope you all celebrate well enjoy the football uh and we will be talking to you as soon as we possibly can malcolm young i love you Peace. 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 Peace.